Welcome to the Medical Republic podcast. I'm Felicity Nelson. Today we're looking at the gnarly issue of under-regulation in sonography, which even the peak body for sonographers recognises as a major problem. One of our reporters, Sonia Kolbarker, has been looking into this over the past few months. Sonia, thanks for coming on the show. G'day, good to be here. So Sonia, why did you decide to look at this issue? Well, ultrasounds are like a really personal procedure. Mm -hmm. You might go to a sonographer to get an abdominal ultrasound if you're um, pregnant or to sort of look for um, potential issues there. Or you might go for a transvaginal ultrasound, which is um, internal. It's whereby a sonographer um, inserts a probe into your vagina and it kind of gives you um, a bit of a better look um, to see what's happening inside. So I was looking into um, whether or not women are asked before they get a transvaginal ultrasound if they can insert the probe themselves. And why, um, is, that, why is that important? Well, I suppose, um, you know, it's quite a vulnerable thing to go through that procedure. You're exposed and I, I guess it's it's quite invasive and, and things could quite easily go wrong. Um, it was news to us, of course, when we learnt that sonographers as a profession aren't regulated. Um, and I guess this is important because it means, you know, without regulation, there aren't enforceable guidelines or standards of care. Um, and there are best practice standards that say, you know, women should have that option. They should be asked if they want to insert probes themselves, along with some other sensitivities. But it's kind of more of a guideline as opposed to something that people, that sonographers have to follow. So you just kind of stumbled across that fact. In yeah. Your <laughs> there, there's just not a lot of regulation. And what does that mean specifically? So I guess at, at the moment, it's really um, under the current setup. It's really up to sonographers as individuals to decide how they perform that procedure. And like I said, there are, you know, best practice guidelines there, but it really is a guideline. And I suppose, you know, if you're a woman going into that procedure, you really want to know that the person who is performing that has your best interests at heart, that they have got patient care at the front of their mind and that they're sort of being held to a pretty high standard and they're being held, you know, accountable for the way that they're doing things. And I think, you know, as women, it's a bit concerning to know that that's actually not the case. I mean, there are millions of um, transvaginal ultrasounds performed across Australia every year. And I suppose, you know, we need to know that they're being done in a way that's correct. And so a lot of medical professionals will be regulated by APRA. And so what you're saying is that sonographers don't fall under the APRA umbrella. Is that right? Yeah. So currently um, sonography as a profession doesn't fall under the national law. Um, so like you said, a lot of people, a lot of professions, sorry, do. Um, but they've never been part of that sort of list of um imaging professionals and so there's you know been a bit of a push by the peak bodies which are, are member associations and organizations essentially they're not enforceable bodies um there's been a bit of a push by them to you know change that so they've worked on um, a submission as a group um, that will go to the coag health council to add sonographers to that list um, of professionals regulated by the Medical Practice Board. And if that gets the green light, then APRA will work with governments to sort of put that into place. But currently, yeah, they don't fall under that list. And that's quite, to me, that seems quite surprising and unusual because, you know, it's, it's weird for a group to be advocating for their own regulation. Often self-regulation is a beautiful thing. It means you don't have to do <laughs> paperwork. And yeah. So what's brought this about? Why do they think that they their profession needs to be 
regulated. I think that the risks that currently exist for public health and safety because of the lack of regulation, and that means, you know, some of the things that I was saying, like people being able to sort of do things as they see fit or, you know, to have kind of control over the way a procedure is performed. And it means that there is kind of a lack of continuity in the way procedures are carried out, but also in terms of like the actual imaging that you get as a result, like you as a GP, want to be sending patients to a sonographer and knowing that the imaging you're going to get is the highest quality and it is the most effective in helping to make a diagnosis. So they kind of want to have that continuity across the board. But there's also been um, cases where things have gone wrong. There's certainly been cases that have been um, pursued under criminal law whereby women, for example, have been sexually assaulted. Um, and sonographers have been convicted for that. So it's kind of like trying to lower that risk, trying to increase patient safety, ensure that continuity, and I suppose just provide a better service. For sure. And one of the things I saw in your story was that uh, they, because of the lack of regulation, they didn't have a lot of evidence for some of the problems that occur from lack of regulation, yeah. which in itself was a bit of an, an issue. I think someone said it was a chicken and an egg issue. Yeah, so I mean, there isn't... There isn't a proper complaints mechanism at this point. So if I was a patient and I went and I got a procedure and I felt that something went wrong or something wasn't quite right and I wanted to sort of pursue that, there's no actual avenue for me to do that because of the lack of regulation and because there's no complaint system, you're not you're not then, you know, collecting data or anecdotal evidence or stories. And so, you know, they're sort of trying to mount a case, a very good one. But they have certainly struggled to be able to pull in examples that might be convincing for the COAG Health Council to want to do this. However, the submission that they you know, have now put out there for industry consultation, that'll be out there for about five weeks. Um, and when that comes back, they'll sort of work in feedback and look to present that to the council early next year. But that's a mission, you know, like it is pretty straightforward in setting out the risks and setting out the reasons as to why this should be the case. And I think, you know, they make a pretty strong argument. Sure. And so that's going to take a while because, you know, everything in government takes forever. Yes. So GPs, what do they need to know now? Are there some sonographers they should be referring patients to? Is there some way of knowing, you know, what the highest quality ones are as opposed to ones that maybe aren't doing things at you know, the best standard? I think, I mean, GPs that I spoke to, people that I spoke to who are, you know, providers of that service, as well as GPs, as well as those peak bodies, um, there's a sense that, you know, there is certainly a cohort of GPs who do have a particular interest in women's health. um, And so they will send their patients to gynecological ultrasonographers. um, And there are reasons for this. In part, it's because they trust that they're going to get the best imaging results. Um, but also because they know that those ultrasounds are going to be performed by professionals who do have sort of patient care at the forefront of their mind. And I think for other GPs, there's a bit of a lesson here in that, you know, it really is vital that they understand that getting a transvaginal or even an abdominal ultrasound, it can kind of cause women to feel, you know, a bit anxious, um, a bit vulnerable, maybe a bit uncomfortable, particularly those who have been, Um, sexually assaulted or abused and so you know as a primary carer a GP does play a critical role in making sure they're sending um, patients to an imaging provider that they know will be sensitive to those needs um, that patients have been given all the information that they need to decide if they're going to go through that procedure go through with that procedure or not 
um, and that they can also stop it at any time. So I think that's kind of the key takeaway take while, you know, we <laughs> wait for a result. It's kind of up to the council to put that submission on their agenda, of course, with COVID and a few other things kind of happening at the moment that might be a little way off. But um, I guess that's the main lesson there is just for, you know, GPs to be aware that it is, it can be um, a bit of a confronting thing to go through at times. Mm. And one of the things that's really been in the media lately is endometriosis. And that's one of the conditions that women would go get an, a transvaginal ultrasound for. Yeah. I mean, How does this play into that? story because you know the endometriosis story is women going through significant discomfort and pain and not being believed and not being diagnosed and I can imagine this mess messy sort of sonographer situation would just Mm. add to that trauma I mean full disclosure I have endometriosis I've been living with that for a long time I didn't want to out you on the podcast (laughs) here we are Um, (laughs) we could just talk generally it's okay um yeah full disclosure I have endometriosis I've gone through you know so many of these ultrasounds in the past sort of decade um I think it's important to understand that transvaginal ultrasounds, they're not the decider of whether someone has endometriosis or not. Often they don't actually pick up the things that will tell a GP or a specialist that it is or isn't there. It's kind of like the first step, really. Um, I think endometriosis, you know, it's something that's definitely been like talked about more and more as the years go on. I know that when I was diagnosed, there was very little information and it sounded like a bit of an alien kind of word but now I think you know I think the most important thing around this kind of conversation about endometriosis is that we're actually having a conversation about it now it might not be as well known as breast cancer or some other sort of forms of you know more common illness but I think, you know, ultrasounds, they are kind of a tool, but they're not kind of the be all and end all. And of course, like you said, and at least from my own personal experience, like these kinds of procedures can be quite painful in that sort of context because everything inside is inflamed and it's upset and it's a bit angry and, you know, having things kind of prodding is like not really great. But um, I think that's probably something to, you know, be aware of as well as a GP in sending, you know, patients to get that procedure. And also as a sonographer who is, you know, carrying out that procedure is like making sure, are you physically comfortable? Does this hurt? Should I do things differently? In my experience, that's largely been the case. So that's good. You know, we're on the right track. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of endo getting more, you know, media attention, I personally think it's fantastic. Keep talking about it. (laughs) Um, And in terms of sonographers, you know, becoming regulated as a profession, I think, like I said, they're making a really great case for it. Fingers crossed the ministers, if you're listening, decide to go through with that one. Well, it sounds like a bit of a no-brainer. Sonia, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Loved it. I had the best time talking to you. This is so fun. (laughs) You're always welcome to come back. (laughs) You've been listening to the Medical Republic podcast. I'm Felicity Nelson. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice or check out more from us at medicalrepublic.com. Tell you. A little bit of a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Okay, cool. We're done. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) 